0: Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Matthew 16, verses 1-12, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Matthew. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Matthew, chapter 16, verses 1-12. to 12. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees came, and to test him they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, But no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They began discussing it among themselves, saying, We brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, O you of little faith! Why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the five thousand and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. This is the word of the Lord. In these verses, we find our Lord assailed by the untiring enmity of the Pharisees and Sadducees. As a general rule, these two sects were at enmity between themselves. In persecuting Christ, however, they made common cause. Truly, it is an unholy alliance. Yet, how often we see the same thing in the present day. Men of the most opposite opinions and habits will agree in disliking the gospel and will work together to oppose its progress. Truly, there is nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9. The first point in this passage, which deserves special notice, is the repetition which our Lord makes of words used by him on a former occasion. He says an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and there will be no sign given to it, except the sign of the prophet Jonah. If we turn to the twelfth chapter of this gospel, in the thirty-ninth verse, we shall find that he said the very same thing once before. This repetition may seem a trifling and unimportant matter in the eyes of some, but it is not so in reality. It throws light on a subject which has perplexed the minds of many sincere lovers of the Bible and ought, therefore, to be specially observed. This repetition shows us that our Lord is in the habit of saying the same things over again. He did not content himself with saying a thing once and afterwards never repeating it. It is evident that it was his custom to bring forward certain truths again and again, and thus to impress them more deeply on the minds of his disciples. He knew the weaknesses of our memories in spiritual things. He knew that what we hear twice we remember better than what we hear once. He therefore brought out of his treasury old things as well as new. Now what does all this teach us? It teaches us that we need not be so anxious to harmonize the narratives we read in the four gospels as many are disposed to be. It does not follow that the sayings of our Lord, which we find the same in Matthew and Luke, were always used at the same time, or that the events with which they are connected must necessarily be the same. Matthew may be describing one event in our Lord's life. Luke may be describing another. And yet the words of our Lord on both occasions may have been precisely alike. To attempt to make out the two events to be one and the same, because of the sameness of the words used, has often led Bible students into great difficulties. It is far safer to hold the view here maintained that at different times our Lord often used the same words. The second point which deserves special notice in these verses is the solemn warning which our Lord takes occasion to give to his disciples. His mind was evidently pained with the false doctrines which he saw among the Jews and the pernicious influence which they exercised. He seizes the opportunity to utter a caution. Take heed and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Let us mark well what those words contain. To whom was this warning addressed? To the twelve apostles, to the first ministers of the Church of Christ, to men who had forsaken all for the gospel's sake. Even they are warned. The best of men are only men, and at any time may fall into temptation. Let him who thinks he stands be careful that he doesn't fall. If we love life and would see good days, let us never think that we do not need that hint. Take heed and beware. And what does our Lord warn his apostles against the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? The Pharisees, we are frequently told in the Gospels, were self-religious formalists. The Sadducees were skeptics, freethinkers, and half-infidels. Yet even Peter, James, and John must beware of their doctrines. Truly, the best and holiest of believers may well be on his guard. By what figure does our Lord describe the false doctrines against which he cautions his disciples? He calls them yeast, Like yeast, they might seem a small thing compared to the whole body of truth. Like yeast, once admitted, they would work secretly and noisily. Like yeast, they would gradually change the whole character of the religion with which they were mixed. How much is often contained in a single word? It was not merely the open danger of heresy, but yeast of which the apostles were to beware. There is much in all this that calls loudly for the close attention of all professing Christians. The caution of our Lord in this passage has been shamefully neglected. It would have been well for the Church of Christ if the warnings of the Gospel had been as much studied as its promises. Let us then remember that this saying of our Lord's is about the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees and was intended for all time. It was not meant only for the generation to which it was spoken. It was meant for the perpetual benefit of the Church of Christ. He who spoke it saw with prophetical eye the future history of Christianity. The great physician knew well that Pharisee doctrines and Sadducee doctrines would prove two great wasting diseases of his church until the end of the world. He would have us know that there will always be Pharisees and Sadducees in the ranks of Christians. Their succession... Shall never fail, their generation shall never become extinct, their name may change, but their spirit will always remain. Therefore, he cries to us, Take heed and beware. Finally, let us make a personal use of this caution by keeping up a holy jealousy over our own souls. Let us remember that we live in a world where Pharisaism and Sadduceism are continually striving for the mastery of the Church of Christ. Some want to add to the gospel, and some want to take away from it. Some would bury it, and some would pare it down to nothing. Some would stifle it by heaping on additions, and some would bleed it to death by subtraction from its truths. Both parties agree only in one respect. Both would kill and destroy the life of Christianity, if they succeeded in having their own way. Against both errors, let us watch and pray, and stand upon our guard. Let us not add to the gospel to please the Roman Catholic Pharisee. Let us not subtract from the gospel to please the rationalist Sadducee. Let our principle be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, Nothing added to it, and nothing taken away. That is the end of Rao's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for his glory.